This is Lance Turner, pastor at Grow Church. We'd like to thank you for joining our podcast. We pray the message today stirs your faith and it causes you to grow. Enjoy the message. Happy New Year, everybody. You guys are enjoying your New Year already? You know, I was uh, just thinking about, you know, how awesome it is, the opportunity that's before us in 2020. You have an opportunity. The past is gone. I mean, are you glad that 2019's gone? Maybe some of you endured a lot of hardship, maybe some circumstances that weren't so pleasant. And you know what? You can put that in the past this morning, amen? You can look forward to what God has, opportunity. I like to say it as opportunities that God's going to give you in 2020. Do you believe that this morning? So as we're looking at this, I got to thinking about, and you're going to hear this, I'm sure you're going to hear this all year long. 2020, 2020, what do you think of? Vision, right? So you're going to hear those analogies, and they're great because what they do is they give an opportunity for communicators and people that preach to, to make some analogies that maybe you can take and, and grab hold of that will help you in, in this year. Amen? So I got to thinking about that idea of 2020 vision, and you know what that really means, right? If you have, if you have 2020 vision, then you see, you see things pretty clearly, right? Y'all going to help me preach this morning? So, I, I got to thinking, how many of you in this room have some kind of corrective lens, like a glasses or contacts? Let me see your hand. Some form of you're having to, you have to use something. Well, what's the reason for that? Because you don't have, you can't see clear enough, and so you need help. Well, I got to thinking about that. What if you went to the doctor, the eye doctor, and he gave you a prescription, and you got that thing filled, and you put those glasses on, and it wasn't the right prescription? And you said, you know what, I trust the doctor. It doesn't seem right, but I'm going to wear them anyway. What would, what would happen if you did that? Your, you would not see clearly. Your vision would probably get worse. Is that right? So I got to thinking about that. You know, what if you did that anyway and you just kept on and on and on and on? Well, in a spiritual sense, I think we've done that too. We've believed things. Right? We have put on a set of lenses that really aren't the truth. So here's the, here's the reality. There, you know, the enemy, he, he wants you to believe a certain way. He's got you thinking a certain way, and he's got you seeing things a certain way. And it's just like that, having that wrong prescription on, and you going through life with blurred vision, without any kind of, of clarity at all. And so... What I want to do in this series, we're, going, we're starting a new series today, is to help bring some clarity and maybe even change a perspective and some lenses for you so that you can see with 2020 vision. Are you with me this morning? And so, uh, I, you know, I'm passionate about, you guys that know around here a lot, you, you know that I'm passionate about helping people become fully alive in Christ, to experience what it means to have a full and, and rich and satisfying life. And I, I go back to the book of Genesis and I see in the very first chapter that God said, be fruitful and multiply. And then later on in the scriptures, it's, you know, Psalm 1, it says you're going to be like a tree planted by the river of the water and you're going to bear fruit. You understand that God, that God wants you fruitful. Amen? 
And so what the enemy would do is he would change your perspective and you would think in ways that, that, are, that aren't really the right way of thinking. You don't have the right set of lenses on. And so I got to thinking about John 10.10, 10, one of our favorite passages of Scripture. And the first part of that says, what does it say? It says the thief comes to do what? To steal and kill and destroy. And so when you, when you buy into the enemy's stuff and you begin to see things the way he sees, guess what? You're not really seeing things the way they really are. You're seeing through a, a cloudy, not good prescription. And when you buy into that, that's how you see life. Well, then the second part of that, that verse, it says, Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. So if we're passionate about experiencing the full life that Christ has to offer, then we're going to have, we're going to, have to have a perspective change. We're going to have to take off those, that wrong prescription and let God give us the right one. Anybody want the right one this morning? So this series we're going to be in in January is called It's Time. Say it's time. So it's time for what, Pastor? Well, it's time to grow. Amen. Say that. Say it's time to grow. Turn to your neighbor and tell them. It's time to grow. This is a perfect time to do it because everybody in, in the new year, we're, we're resetting, right? You're recalibrating. Some of you, how many of you joined the gym this week? How many of you said, I'm going on a diet this week? Right? Hands up all over. So you, you already are in that mindset of growth because what is growth? Growth is change. What do you want? You want change. You want your body to change. You want to be healthier. You want to, you want to be able to, to lose weight. All those things, right? And so grow, you're already in that mindset of growth. Am I right? So here, I'm here to tell you, we'll just, we'll just partner together, Stacy, and say, it's time to grow. Y'all with me? Everybody here with me? And so I'm going to tell you in the next four weeks how we're going to do that. For, first of all, today it's time to grow in intimacy with God. That's a good place to start, isn't it? Now, the word intimacy, when I mention that, some of you macho people, just your, your toes went in. You just cringed just a little bit. Right? Have you ever noticed two guys when something good happens? They hug and then, oh. They, start, they fix their hair or something. Why? Because they don't want to be seen as soft. Right? But I'm here to tell you, the enemy has lied and said you can't be close or, or have a relationship that's really close and intimate. But that's what God wants, folks. That's what God wants for you and I. He wants a close, intimate relationship. And so we're going to talk about that today. Now, for some of you guys that, that maybe have trouble with that, with that word intimacy, that's really all it means. It means a close fellowship. Anybody love the Atlanta Falcons? I'm a Atlanta Falcons fan. Any other Falcons fans in here? Okay, so you guys know if you're a Falcons fan, they have what they call the brotherhood. Is that right? Why do they have a brotherhood? Why do they call themselves the brotherhood? Because they have a common purpose, and they're experiencing this thing called football together. And so, guys, to, to take the pressure off a little bit, all I'm talking about is, is experiencing God in a real close way. Can that, does that help? So we can all benefit from this message, all right? So I don't want to leave anybody out. So we're going to start with, if you'll notice the, uh, our logo, the, the 2 Peter 3.18. That verse, I want to, that's where I want to start. So let's read this together. It says, rather you must grow in what? The grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, all glory to him both now and forever. Now there's key words that we've got listed there. The first one is grow. So what does God expect you to do? 
He expects you to grow. The moment you, you came to faith in Christ, he, didn't, he doesn't want you staying stagnant. He wants you dynamically growing. Amen? And then secondly, it says in what? In grace. What does grace refer to? Grace refers to your salvation experience. The moment that your, your eyes were open to the truth and that, that, that Christ died and he, and he walked out of the tomb for you, that's the moment that you experienced grace and that's the moment you came into fellowship and relationship with God. Isn't that great? So now, because you have placed your faith in Christ, you're in right standing with God. You're no longer an enemy. You're his kid. Is that good news? And so what is he saying? Grow in the grace of God. And so what I do is I begin to look back and say, well, you know what? That's where Christ brought me from. I was there. I was dead in my trespasses and my sins. Thanks be to God, I'm not there anymore. Anybody, anybody glad for that this morning? That because of what Christ did, you're no longer where you were. And so even this morning when we took communion, what did we do? We look back. What did we look back to? The moment that Christ redeemed us by his blood. That's what growing in grace. So it starts with that experience at Calvary where you said, Jesus, come into my heart. I'll serve you all my days. Be the Lord of my life. And that's the moment you experience the grace of God. But it doesn't stop there. So what's my responsibility? My responsibility is to continue to look back. Oh, thank you, Lord. I'm not where I was. Amen? I'm not where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I was. Hallelujah. Can somebody say amen to that this morning? That you want, you're not what you want to be, but you're not where you were. Amen. And it's all because of the grace of God. And so he expects us to grow in grace. But then he, he says another word there. What's the other word? They'll put it back up there for me. Knowledge. Now, the first thing that we think about when we think of knowledge is what? School. Automatically, we all went to information. What do you do at school? You open up a book and you read. In this context, that's not what it's talking about. We're talking about a close, intimate relationship with Christ. And what happens is, every time you look back and you see how God's brought you from here to here to here, and you experience a relationship with Christ, what happens? You grow in a relationship. The word knowledge comes from a, a word, the Greek word, it's gnosko, and it really means intimacy. That's what God wants for you. And so what's he saying in the verse? He's saying, listen, I want you growing, and I want you growing and continuing to look back at what I've done for you, continue to appreciate that, but also I want you to grow in a personal, close relationship with me. It's ongoing. Folks, a relationship with Christ is not static. Amen. It's dynamic. It's constantly growing. And so that's what we're going to talk about. How many of you want to grow in intimacy with God? Well, I'm going to help you today. So here, here's the word intimacy, closeness, and, and fellowship. Here's the other thing that you need to consider. Because of those glasses we talked about, the wrong prescription that you've been wearing, some of you can't see God that way. Your vision is not clear. And some of you, it's because somebody, somebody you trusted told you that God was mad at you all the time. He's totally angry. I'm here to tell you, folks, God's not angry at you. 
Because here's the reality. Christ took the wrath of God on himself at the cross. Amen. And I'm grateful for that. So now I know, I can know as a child of God, God's not angry at me and he don't want to punish me. He took that punishment on himself. So what we need to, we need to take the glasses off, the wrong, the wrong prescription, and put on the right ones. So if that's not true, then what is, how, does God, how does, does God feel about me? Oh, he loves me? Amen? He chose to pursue me? You see, if you're going to grow in intimacy with God, you've got to start with the belief that God wants to have a relationship with you. And you got to come to the conclusion with the right set of glasses on that he was the one pursuing you in the first place. Because I, when I read Genesis, I see where God, the Bible says that God walked with Adam and Eve in the, in the cool of the day. What, was, what did that represent? That represented fellowship. It represented intimacy with God. What happened? Sin happened. And because of sin, because of the brokenness of mankind, the relationship was severed. And so what happened is God says, from that point on, I'm going to pursue you. I'm chasing after you. We just celebrated it. Emmanuel. What does Emmanuel mean? God with us. You know what? God said, I'll pursue them so much that I'll put on, I'll be a human being. I will identify with everything that they go through and I'll live my life and I'll go to a cross and I'll bleed, I'll suffer, I'll die and I'll walk out of the tomb so that they can know that I love them, that I'm pursuing them. Here's how 1 John describes it. 1 John chapter 4. Look what he says. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son to the, into the world so that we might have eternal life through Him. Do you understand those word, the word showed? That's a pursuit word, right? He demonstrated. He's showing us. He's pursuing you. And what did He do? Not only did He show, but He sent. Another pursuit word. A few weeks ago, you heard me read the, the verse where it says, Christ came to seek and save that which is lost. That's pursuit, folks. And so when you, didn't have any, when you didn't care about God at all, when you had no inkling, no desire to know Him, what was He doing? He was in hot pursuit. Anybody ever been chased by a policeman? I hope not. Does that mean you broke the law somehow? Man, and that's, what, that's how they describe it, right? The police, they're in hot pursuit. Here's the thing. God's in hot pursuit of you, not to chase you down to, to arrest you. Well, maybe he is. He's a, he wants to arrest you with his love. So verse 10 says, this is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Do you see in both those verses how God's pursuing you? He's been pursuing you from the moment you came out of your mother's womb. And if you can believe that, then you can grow in intimacy with God. But I'm here to tell you, folks, you've got you to gotta believe it. You've got to take off the wrong set of glasses and put the right ones on so you can see this. Because if you don't, you'll never be able to receive the love of God. 
So that's the, that's the first thing. If you want to grow in intimacy with God, believe that God wants to have this relationship with you. And you have to make it a priority. Number two. You know, as God is pursuing us, we think about, I had no inkling. I didn't care. And then I realized that God's pursuing me. What's my response? How do I respond when I come to that realization that, that God's pursuing me? My response is to love him back. If you look on, on down in, in 1 John 4, it says that we loved him because he first loved us. It's a response to his love. That's how we pursue. So here's the second thing if you're taking notes. Number two, growing in intimacy happens when we invest in the relationship. Anybody ever, uh, let me ask this question. How many of you have a really, really, really close friend? Okay. What makes that friend a close friend? What are the characteristics of a friend who, or even, even in, your, in your marriage, you should have that closeness. What is it that makes it so close? Trust. That's good. What? Loyal. Yeah. Awesome. I heard it. Communication. If you want to have a close relationship with somebody, you got to have conversation. Is that right? Without conversation, the relationship will not grow. It definitely won't be intimate. So I got to thinking about the next question is, what does a good conversation look like? What are the characteristics of a really good conversation? Listening. Perfect. Because when I listen, I understand. I can actually learn something about the person that I'm talking to. I can know what they like. And I can find out what they don't like real quick. And what happens is the more I understand about them, the more I know them, the better I appreciate them. And the relationship grows. How many of you have experienced that? Now, I get it, guys. Some of you, maybe you hadn't. Because it's hard for us guys sometimes to listen. Is that right? Guys, I know the women with it, amen, but what about the guys? So if we, if we understand the characteristics, one of the characteristics of a good relationship is listening. And then there, there has to be communication. Has, any, has anybody ever been around somebody and I apologize for this. I don't want it to be, I'm not being, trying to be real crude, but anybody been around somebody who has diarrhea of the mouth? How in the world can they be in an intimate relationship? Because if they're talking 90 miles an hour, you can't get in a word in edgewise. Right? Now, I don't know y'all, some of y'all, you know, maybe nobody in this room, right? You're not pointing any fingers at anybody. So what it takes is an understanding that both parties need to be committed to listening to have a good conversation. Well, if we apply this to our relationship with Christ, if you want to grow in intimacy with God, you have to understand that a good relationship with Him involves a conversation. What do we call that conversation? 
Call it prayer. Here's how the book of Hebrews describes it. Here's what God said in the book of Hebrews. And it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So what is God expecting from you and I? First of all, believing in him, right? Having faith in him. And then what does he say? He says, sincerely seek me. The word seek in that context is a Greek word called eskizedo. And it really means intense and personal desire for the person that you're seeking. How many of you are passionately pursuing God? Let me see your hand. Do you want to? That's really what he's saying. He said, those who passionately pursue me, who passionately, intensely seek me, what do they get? Put it back up there. There's a what? There's a reward. What's the reward? Intimacy with God. Closeness. Close fellowship with Him. That is what our reward is. And so what, what is God looking for? He's looking for those who have looked back and said, Thank you, Lord, for saving me. He's looking for those who've said, You know what, God, I'm so thankful for your love that you pursued me that I'm not going to pursue you back. And now there's a conversation that can happen and intimacy can grow with him. So prayer is your key to intimacy. Obviously, you know, prayer is not all about just listening, right? You do have to say something, right? So when I think about the, the elements of prayer, one of the things that you can do as you're praying is you, you, can, it's, you can do what we call, you can have supplication. What is supplication? It's basically what, supplication is telling God what you need, right? God, I need, I need you to heal my body. God, I need this. I have this financial need. God, I have this relationship. You're, you're praying for yourself, basically. That's supplication. And it's okay to do that, right? That's an element of prayer where you bring your needs before God. And the Bible says when you bring your needs before God, that he'll, the peace of God will, will guard your heart and mind. So there's a result of bringing supplication. But then there's another element to prayer where you're interceding. Does anybody know what intercession means? That's when you pray for somebody else. That close friend that's struggling. God, will you please help my friend? Will you please draw close to him or her and, and let them know that you're there? Or God, they're, they're battling cancer. Will you heal their body? That's intercession, folks. All of it is a conversation with him. In the first service, there was a lady in the first service who we, uh, the testimony was given to me before church. She's been, she's, uh, she had found, they found mold in her apartment. And so they had to move everything out, clean the apartment, you know, top to bottom, and then she was going to be able to move back in. Well, she had, had some things go on, and her, some of her furniture was messed up. She couldn't, and so she was moving back into her apartment, but she didn't have a whole lot of furniture left. Well, somebody yesterday provided her with a whole thing of furniture, TV and all. And she had just prayed about it last Sunday. Folks, when you bring your request to God, God is faithful to hear and answer your prayer. And so when you see that, when you, when you bring a supplication before God and you pray and God answers that, guess what? Your intimacy grows with him because, wow, I can trust him. Somebody mentioned trust earlier, right? That's what happens when you bring to God your supplication, when you have a conversation with him. 
And when you listen to him, man. Because here's the thing. God sometimes does not shout, but he says, hey, I need to talk to you. But if you're too busy and you got too much going on and then you don't quiet yourself, you can't hear it. Folks, this conversation with God is a key to intimacy. But you got to stop and you got to take the time. Amen. There's a, there's a proverb that says the key to seeing is listening, right? He gave us both. So if I told you to go out in the parking lot and find my car, if that's all the information that I gave you, you'd be pretty confused, right? But if I kept telling you it's black, it's a CRV, you just heard, right? And then with your eyes, you saw. The more information I gave you, the clearer the picture became, right? Folks, when you listen to God, He'll give you a clearer picture. Amen. So intimacy with God, key number one, prayer. Key number two, our worship to God is, an intimacy, is a key to intimacy, right? Think about that. Worship. The New Testament word for worship is a word called proskuneo. You know what it means? To kiss toward. What is God saying in that, with that? He wants to have a close fellowship with you, and your worship is a key. As a matter of fact, he, Jesus declared it in John chapter 4. Look at this. Let's read this together. He says, but the time is coming, indeed is here now, when true worshipers will do what? Worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship Him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. So you want intimacy with God? You pursue Him like never before. Because what is He doing? He's looking for, in those verses, He's looking for those people who will worship Him a certain way. In spirit and in truth. You realize, folks, the real you is a spirit. You're a spirit. You have a human body. You have a soul. But the real you is a spirit. And how do you connect with God? In spirit and in truth. In other words, you're connecting with him in spirit. But also the truth of God. What is it? The truth is Jesus Christ. And so when you connect to the, the dots with your relationship with Christ and you, you have intimacy with him, that's worship. You follow me? But the key that you get there is God is continuing to pursue that kind of relationship. He's looking are there anybody, is there anybody out here that will worship me in spirit and in truth? Is there anybody in here that longs and has affection for me, that, that loves me more than anything? They'll pursue me. Is there anybody out there? That's what he's doing. And when he finds you, the connection happens. Amen. And intimacy happens. So I got to thinking about worship. Even in more context, it really is. If I was to define it, it really is being preoccupied with who God is and what He does. 
Anybody can identify with who he is this morning. Let me ask you a question. Has anybody, does anybody know God is deliverer this morning? Does anybody God know God is Savior? Does anybody know God as healer? Does anybody know God as creator? Does anybody know God as provider? I'm here to tell you what happens is I get preoccupied with who God is. Worship comes natural. Why? Because my focus is off me and it's on him. You want intimacy with God, you get your focus off yourself. Amen. You guys testified to it right here, right now. And you know what? And there's value in us coming together like this. There's value in us singing, show us your glory. Anybody want to see it? Show us your glory. Or I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see. Why, why are we prepared to see a victory? Because we've got our eyes off our circumstances. We've got our eyes off somebody else. And we've got them on the one who can solve the battle. The one who can fight the battle for us. Do you understand how worship contributes to your intimacy with God? It's what he wants. It's what he's after. James says it like this. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. You purify your hearts. Your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Listen, does, God, does, God, does God's word say not to sin? Absolutely it does. Right there it says it. But I got to thinking about even that. You know, some of us, again, these lenses we got on. Well, God's mad. God's going to punish me. Listen here. The reason God says don't sin, it's just like my relationship with my kids. When they were younger, little tots, and they were playing near the, near the road, what would I tell them? Don't go on the road. Why did I tell them don't go on the road? Because if you go on the road, you're dead. Plain and simple. Right? So I love my kids enough to guard them from danger, from hurting themselves. That's what God's word's all about. When he says don't sin, he's, he's looking out for you. Because he knows the damage. He knows the repercussions. He knows the results of sin are pain and guilt and shame. And he says, I want to keep you from that. You understand what I'm saying, folks? And so... When he's a, if he's a good father, if he's one that loves you and, ha and has a connection with you and he tells you not to do something, yes, Daddy. Amen? Yes, Daddy. Why? Because he knows better. In case you hadn't realized, he's the creator of the universe. He knows better. <laughs> I know we think we do, but we think we got it together. We're smart. You know, our IQ is up in whatever it is. I can't even know whatever the number is. But he's smarter. Amen. So this morning, worship is the key to intimacy with God. Here's another one. We just talked about, we just looked at the word of God and how it says it points us away from sin. Look what the psalmist said about the scriptures because I believe the reading of the scriptures is another key to intimacy right look what he says he says but they delight in the law of the Lord meditating on it how long day and night 
Do you see the value that the psalmist placed on the scriptures, on the law of God? Why? Because he understood that God has our best interest in mind, that he, is, he, he wants good things for you. And he also understood that, that the word of God points me to the idea, okay, God is my deliverer. I can read about it, right? Or God is my Savior. I can read about the gospel. I can see how God's word is lived out in, in the life of Christ. And so when I read God's word, when I delight in God's word, I can grow in intimacy with him. And you know that word delight. It's not a, well, I guess I better read my Bible today because I'm checking off this list. No. What does the word delight say? What does it mean? He's taking pleasure in it. There's pleasure in God's word. Why? Because I get to see God for who he really is. I get to see the reality of his creating me in his image in Genesis. I get to see the reality of him planting God's word in my heart. I get to see the reality of in Matthew and Luke of his birth. How the, the little baby in the manger came and the angels declared shouts of joy, peace on earth. I get to see how later on in the, in the New Testament, in those gospels where he was hung on a cross and he bled and died for my salvation. I get to see where he walked out of a tomb and now I have eternal life. Anybody glad for that? Do you see the value in reading God's word? It brings, brings pleasure. So if you want intimacy with God, you got to open up the Bible. But it's not out of an obligation. It's out of a pursuit. So the reason you preach a message like this today, or I'm preaching it, is because, remember I said, some of you still have on those wrong prescription glasses. And you're not seeing your relationship with God, your approach to God the right way. Because I need to ask yourself, we need to ask the question, should you pray? Should you read your Bible? Should you come to worship? Should you worship alone? Why? That's a, a real important question. Today we've answered that question. Why am I reading my Bible? Why am I praying? Why am I coming to church and worshiping? Why am I worshiping in my personal time? Because it's not because I've got to fulfill a set of rules or obligations. No, I want to grow in a close fellowship with Jesus Christ. That's the reason. That's my motivation. Changes the whole ballgame. But if i got the wrong set of lenses on, I'll never see it. So we've answered that question as we're closing this up. What does intimacy with God produce? There's an outcome. You realize it? Number one, I love this. An outcome to intimacy with God is I look like my daddy. Can I say that again, folks? I look like my daddy. Now, last week, my birthday was Monday. And according to my wife, I'm 29. I look pretty good for 29, don't I? Thank you. 
So my friend, my best friend, posts a picture of me and him together when we were younger and then later. And somebody that we knew that knew me and knew my dad said, man, he looks like his dad. Folks, no greater compliment. You understand? So if you grow in intimacy with your, your heavenly father, you'll start to look like him. As a matter of fact, here's what Paul said in Romans 8. He said, we're supposed to be conformed. We're conformed or we're shaped in the likeness of Christ. Look at that. Put that up there. Let's read it. For God knew his people. In other words, when you still were in your, per, in your mom's womb, God was pursuing you, wanted a relationship with you, and that's what he says. He chose you in advance. And look what he said. He chose you to become like his son. One, and one translation says that he was conformed to the image, that we're conformed to the image of God. That's the outcome of intimacy with God. I've heard it said, best friends, not blood kin, really good friends. And people will say, y'all look so much alike. Has anybody ever heard that? Maybe that's been said about you, about a friend that you have. Why? Because you're so close. Anybody want to look like their daddy today? I do. That's the outcome of being, having intimacy with God. Number two, fruit. I'm passionate about you being fully alive in Christ. I'm passionate about you having a rich and satisfying, abundant life. And I believe it can happen if you have intimacy with God. So here's what happens. If I have that intimacy, love and joy and peace and patience and meekness and gentleness and kindness and self-control, those are all outcomes of intimacy with God. That's what you can expect. And thirdly, if this relationship's working, there's conversation, there's intimacy, there's closeness, then it flows out into my other relationships. So my friends, my wife, your husband, whatever, they get the benefit. From your intimacy with him. Amen. Because it changes you. And if both parties. In a marriage are pursuing him. And they're, the intimacy is there. Man what a bond. Between husband and wife. Amen. Folks these are the outcomes. That you can expect. If you pursue God in prayer. If you pursue God in worship, if you pursue God by reading his word, you can expect that outcome. What's the outcome? Intimacy with him. So if, as you're standing, what kind of relationship do you long for? What kind of relationship do you long for with God? Is it one I've described today that's close, intimate with Him? If so, what are you going to do about it? I've given you the keys. But like anything else that I preach, if you don't live it, if you don't make the investment, it won't happen. Amen?
Thank you for tuning in to our online broadcast here at Grove Church. We hope that you've heard something today that will strengthen and encourage you throughout the week. Make sure you tune in next week for our next broadcast. God bless.